Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs, your home improvement and remodeling podcast, where the two most entertaining guys discuss the do's and don'ts in home construction and in the remodeling industry. Remember that you can nail it, paint it, or just tune into the show. How about that? Uh, here are your hosts, Colin Shaw and Jimmy Driscoll. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs. It's us. Yeah, Jimmy. We haven't seen each other in a little while. We haven't done one of these. Yeah, kind of busy with a couple, two, three things going yeah, on. Yeah, you, you got a couple that. things going on? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Anything good? Uh, yeah, it's always good. <laughs> We're good, and it's still legal. It's so, still legal. Yeah, wow, that's yeah, unusual. So, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you turning a new leaf. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I want to. You know, I want to be famous someday. <laughs> I don't want my past. Aren't, aren't you already famous? I don't. I, infamous, I guess. Infamous. That's what some say. Infamous. I that's like what that. some say. Yes. That's what yes. the fans say. Hi, fans. How you doing? <laughs> Those damn groupies outside the window you, all again. The time. All, all the time. The time. Can't Keep shake them. <laughs> Keep your shirt on. <laughs> it's cold out there. <laughs> yes. Didn't your Hell parents yeah. teach you anything? Nothing. Right. Nothing. So, hey, we got a guest with us this week. I know we do. I know. We have Brian Ramsey from Brian Ramsey Design. Hey, Brian. How are you? Unbelievable. Hey, hey, Brian. I'm good. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing great. Thank you. We're good, man. We're Wishing good. I was in Virginia where it's a little Sorry. bit warmer. Yeah, it's warmer and sunny and sunny. Wow. We don't get that around here much anymore. That's yeah, coming. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming or not. I really we don't. We just had snow the other day, right? Yes. Yesterday. Yesterday you there was did? snow. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. We are full on waiting for summer. Yeah. Which is great for you doing what right. you do. You know, uh, the, the design is landscape design. Yeah, correct. Landscape design. Exactly. Yes. Right. So tell us a little about uh, the business. When did you start? Well, good gracious, I'm going to tell my age here. Um, <laughs> That's all right, Jimmy. I, Jimmy's older than both of us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, luckily, I'm behind the camera, so you can't see what so much, you know. Right, gotcha. Right. Um, I really got to start uh, once I graduated college in 97. And um, from, you know, I've been doing it ever since. So how many years has that been? I don't do public math. So. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. Right? No. But I know 97 was... Uh, <laughs> more recent graduate than I was, so oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to say any numbers yeah, either. Don't say online, so. No, there you no, go. Well, I, I will tell you, I was in college for quite a long time. I just <laughs> okay, I mom, got it. Yeah, my mom told me she needed to retire, and she's like, "You need to graduate soon." So, <laughs> otherwise, you were going I'm, for the extended program. Yes, otherwise nice. I would still be in there. <laughs> I don't blame you. But, <laughs> I wish yes. I was back in college. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, I've been at it for a while, and you know, I'm still learning every single day. So um, nice. that's the cool part. You know, one thing about me being in college for so long was I will tell you, I sucked in high school. Like, you know, <laughs> that part of my life and learning was like oil and water. But yeah. college, just I hit my stride and I was like a sponge soaking everything up. Nice. And fortunately for me, I um, have several degrees and one is in horticulture and another is landscape architecture and another one's uh, uh, landscape design and uh, ornamental horticulture. So, yeah, wow. And I, I'm a frustrated architect. I started out in architecture, didn't finish that, but okay. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of that bit of a renaissance man, and it served me really well today to be able to encapsulate a little bit of all that into my service for our clients. So that seems to have kept me afloat all these years, that's, for sure. That's awesome. 
That's good. awesome. Good so it's for a good you. mix. That's yeah, great. absolutely. You did yeah. go to college for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still in college. College yeah. of hard knocks. There you go. And, <laughs> you know, for more than today, for sure. Oh man, absolutely. Yep, changing all the rules. Yes. Now I see, um, Jimmy. You're wearing gloves there. Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, keeping away from Colin. <laughs> I don't see, know where he's been. See, that's not nice. <laughs> I, we just met. Look, look, I, I know where. I his, know. Me too. I don't have anything okay. either. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I know where his mind goes, yeah. but I don't know where he's been. Oh, so that's two different yeah. things, you know. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for picking up on that, Brian. Yeah. I can't tell. Do y'all have six feet between you? Um, we've got about four. That's about as far as we can go and have the camera still record us. And so, I ain't looking at yeah. him. So no, no, we're not making eye contact. I don't know. Not if that, at all. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. I but. Don't know. <laughs> We're, we're like a, like right thing to like do. a married couple. Yeah. He looks that way. I look this way. Yeah, yeah. And Ain't I got no spooning. <laughs> Ain't no spooning. No, no spooning. No. Uh, so people that might recognize you, um, tell people uh, you know some of the things that you've done uh, on TV. You've been on uh, Chesapeake Fix, which is on HGTV, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. What it, what uh, what type of stuff do you do with them? Interesting story with that. Everyone always asks, how did you come about that? And mm-hmm. I was minding my own business one day and got a random phone call that said Hollywood, California, and I don't answer <laughs> unnamed calls. Sure. And um, like four hours later, I checked that voicemail and it's literally a producer. Um, I don't know if I can say the production company, but anyway, it's producer saying, hey, do you want to be part of our TV show? Wow. <laughs> So wow. the story is, yeah, I got a call from Hollywood. So yeah, and there you go. Yeah, um, so that's how it started, and um, you know, I showed up on set and met the homeowners there, and yeah. uh, they live here uh, locally in coastal Virginia, and we've yeah. been best friends ever since. Can't believe we hadn't run into each other prior, but right, uh, it was just kind of a, a match made in heaven, if you will, and. It was fun. Um, I was kind of like Johnny on the spot at the very last moment. Um, I came in and uh, Scott and Vanessa always say that I kind of saved the day, but just because I have such a multidisciplined background, right. uh, I was able to help out with interiors um, once we finished the landscape and also we did uh, interior scape. So okay. I ushered in all my pots with plants and everything. And literally I just like pillaged my garden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had my neighbors ask me, yeah, I've got like, you know, 20 pots on my front porch. I got a big front porch. And my neighbor's like, are you moving? I'm like, no, it's all for the TV show. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Brian, let me ask you a question. What do you prefer? Do you like pots or do you like beds better? Honestly, pots. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, it is interesting. I'm not quite sure where that came from because we, you know, growing up, my mom didn't really, well, maybe that is the issue because we never had pots and I was always, you know, my chores were to rake the whole damn yard, you know, and we always had uh, big vegetable gardens. And when I say big vegetable gardens, we had two solid acres planted out in just vegetables. Wow. And um, so I think maybe that steered me towards pots. <laughs> yeah. yeah <downsized. laughs> a little bit easier to take yeah. care of. Yes. Yeah. Wow. But so yeah, you pick, I think pots you pick certain you, you, you pick certain pots to make your design, right? Yeah. Basically. 
you know, and it's it's like um, Legos or something. You can rearrange yeah. them when you get yeah. bored, and yeah. you know, I keep all of my heirloom plants in my pots, uh, right. so that you can. Um, well, I've moved a lot in my life, so all my babies come with me that are special, and that talk to yeah. people about a lot. That if you had that special plant from your grandmother or your mother or whoever, you know, you can put it in a pot as long as you do it appropriately you know read right. up and don't put it in some rinky dink little thing that's going to break or shatter or not mm-hmm. retain its moisture but uh, yeah 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 but you know and, and when you're thinking about pots and such um and especially in my world i do rooftop gardens and all of that as well so it's important to replenish your soul and I say soul, not soil. Right. That's how they say it in South Carolina, soul. Southern slang might throw you off, so I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. I appreciate um, that because I was thinking you were talking about like chicken soup for the soul or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it sounds like that, but like all yeah. soul, coal, that I don't know. It's weird. It's way of saying gotcha. it. Gotcha. All right. Um, yeah. So it's important to replenish your soul. And I'm an all organics kind of guy. So, you know, dehydrated chicken manure and or composted manure itself you know you always want to put that back in those pots because those pots are not getting that um debris breakdown like your garden gets you know during right. fall when the leaves fall and they you know uh decomposition in your garden and add that nutrient back right, um, right. you know and that's one thing i think a lot of people neglect with their pots and you know especially on rooftops and things like that yearly you want to go in and make sure that um you're replenishing that soul okay now what is your feeling on you know if, if somebody doesn't do the compost pile or anything else they do like a miracle grow or one of those things that they offer out there is that any good not good mm, you know i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> so i tend to stay away from the chemicals and um gotcha. even my cohort from Chesapeake Fix. Um, since she met me, she's become this wanna be that garden gal, you know, and get out there. And you know, she had a bag of um, Miracle Grow when they were getting ready to plant an, a fruiting tree um, mm-hmm. just this week. And I was like, "Girl, you know, I know you're organic." So I was like, "Do you want to put chemicals in with that tree of you know the fruit that you're going to eat?" And she was like, right. "Oh." I hadn't thought about that. So I don't know if we can really talk about that very much, but that's <laughs> right. my opinion. That's that's all that counts, right? Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, no, if, if you've seen our show, uh, we have opinions as well. So and we don't <laughs> we don't mind sharing them. So yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we encourage you to do so. Absolutely. There's enough uh, product out there, organic product, you know, cow manure and such at the big box stores and um, several. I'm a big uh, promoter of Espoma. Um, I pronounce it as it's spelled E S P O M A that, um, has a range of, uh, products, you know, for evergreens or for deciduous trees or for fruits or vegetables, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that really, really, you know, they have a tremendous product line and I appoint most of my clients to that after we leave um, their property. Okay. Well, since you brought up the box stores, yeah. what, about, what about all those great uh, flowers that they sell dirt cheap? Uh, well, you know what? They used to be dirt cheap. Have you seen the price? Are they not? Really? No, no, I've noticed, no, no. I've noticed the stuff is, is really starting to go up now. Honestly, really? I've noticed it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Last couple of years, I've noticed this. And I mean, all I when I walk through there, thank God I can buy wholesale. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is right? a nice thing for right? what you do. Absolutely. I get spoiled. But um, and there goes that. Yeah, spoiled. I, I got it. I picked yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting when you walk through and I was just there today. In fact, I had to wait in line to get in there. But oh, um, it's. I see everything in bloom and it's so tantalizing. Even for me, you know, I'm like a plant hoarder for sure. I'm a geek when it comes to that. And yeah. I just want to grab up two of everything. If the world's yeah. end, I want two of it all. But <laughs> um, everything that's in bloom should not be bought. And I've seen this in the last probably three years, you know, on steroids. The, the industry has learned you know, these plants are not going to sell unless they're blooming. Right. And at this delicate time of year where like you guys are still getting snow and we're not, you know, we didn't even have a winter this year. So, you know, they're trying to span that gap of the haves and have nots in terms of climate uh, at this time of year. So what I've noticed is plants sitting on those benches that should not be blooming but they're blooming right now they've been forced and okay. you don't want those plants and we'll get to you know how you find out which ones you want which ones you don't but you definitely don't want those because if, if in a more northern climate like you guys you get that plant out there and it's still it's already bloomed that means it's susceptible to any colder weather and frost and such that um, you guys might still have. And, right. um, you know, that's going to do harm to that plant. And there goes your 10 bucks for this little plant, you know. Right. Um, so I've noticed a lot of forcing. I've also noticed, especially this time of year, just to get stock on the shelves, they are bringing in plants that are one-time bloomers that should okay. not you know, just to get the, you know, money flowing, I guess, and get people shopping. Um, and a lot of folks don't realize that they're going to take that beautiful blooming plant home and that's it. Right. A week and that's yeah. it. And they stick it in the garden and think they're going to have a whole summer of bloom. And that's yeah. not the case. So um, you really have to do your homework. And a lot of times what I tell people is, take a little twirl through the garden center and you know take i'm old school i have a little pen and paper and i'm writing but a lot of you can take pictures nowadays of that plant name go okay. home, google it and do a little research on what is you know acclimated to your climate and what is going to you know offer continued bloom um mm -hmm. i Clients included, they're always frustrated over the dollars they spend out shopping um, when they're enticed by these things and, you know, to no avail or they die. Completely. Right. So, right. Um, you know, nowadays, especially, I think our dollars need to be spent better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't want to buy a plant that's about ready to die. So, yeah, yeah no. Hey, I got to ask you a question kind of outside the plant. But because of your your landscaping design with your flowers and stuff, do you incorporate like outside lighting for nighttime? Do you ever yes. do that? All of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. I love it. I mean, my yeah. own garden it comes alive at night and it gives you those added hours of entertainment and just relaxation, whatever you do in your garden. It's I mm. I just find it 
integral to every single garden for myself. LED lights have come a long way, and I'm sure that really accents a lot of the stuff, the foliage that you have, depending on if it's, if it's a fern or if it's a bush, you know, stuff yeah. like that. must be really cool with the stone workway and stuff like that, you know, so. Yeah, and you know what we do and our clients are loving is, uh, have you ever heard of moon lighting? Yeah, aquariums have them. Aquariums, oh, they? yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I, uh, I built a guy's man cave around his 800-gallon pool. I mean, 800-gallon salt water tank that he was from Australia. And his light that he had was a moonlight. Yeah, it would go on. It was like it cost like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, and he oh. had certain. It was amazing. This now, thing was like wow. It was incredible. It was now beautiful. was that for like the health of the aquarium, like the fish and all that? Yeah, all of that. That and uh, what goes on inside that tank? Because it's, it's, I guess you know, I don't mean to get off the plant thing, but no. it's yeah, the pH and everything else. It's so delicate that we yeah. know it's so delicate. The lighting that you use and everything else. It's like it was all. It was all synchronized to nighttime, you know, and then daytime. It was it was crazy, incredible. I learned so wow. much. Yeah, so it must be kind of like the same way, maybe with the plants, or just is it more decorative? The moonlighting that you well, use. Well, I mean, it's decorative for sure, but it's also very functional. You know, yeah. Um, I've I've noticed a lot of homeowners that want some security lighting, but want it to be garden friendly, and so mm. that's another reason for adding it. Um, moonlighting for us, thank goodness. <laughs> It's not that pricey. <laughs> wow, it's good. Our fixtures are about three hundred bucks, but again, it's it's LED lighting that um, you hang it way above. You have to have the right trees and the right canopy. But um, my twin brother uh, does the repelling stuff, yeah. like yeah. that, like climbing and all that. So he gets all suited up and harnessed up, and you know, hangs a hundred feet out of a tree to place these lights. And wow. so, I mean, the fixture is literally about, I don't know, two to 300 a piece, mm -hmm. but a couple wow. of, they just had this diffused soft moon glow that shines down through all the branches. And so at night it gives you that moon glow with the, the shadow play and such. Yeah. But again, you know, um, so they, so clients can see getting from their car into the home with groceries at night and such, mm -hmm. as, you know, or just, yeah. Um, just to be able to get out and circle the garden and enjoy it otherwise. So nice. And nice. Very nice. LED, as y'all know, has come a long yeah. way. You know, I've been very much so to it for, you know, the onset. Um, but now they've really, you know, got a handle on the warmth, the glow of it. And it's not that blue light anymore. And I still have clients, um, when they ask about it and say, no, nah, I don't want that blue light. And I'm like, we got it. <laughs> it's, it's, we, have, we have options. We have options. So I have another question for you in your design. What do you prefer? Do you prefer natural stone, or would you prefer, or do you like landscaping blocks? I'm a purist. Or, or, natural stone, baby. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yep. What about you guys? We get a lot of pavers up around here. Yeah, but for right. whatever reason, you know, and I, I think it's. I, I, Quite honestly, I think a lot of it is cost. You know, it is more expensive to go with a bluestone, flagstone, uh, any granites or any of those, you know, where you can get pavers for a lot less. Um, you know, and people kind of are getting into the hardscapes around here, you know, with the fire pit and everything else and the bench and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I see anyways, uh, is mostly uh, the pavers. 
Yeah. I have a place. I have a place up in New Hampshire, which is known as the Granite State. So I guess I'm gonna just carry it to that because I got stone, baby. I got real stone, <laughs> and I got everything. I got everything. I just dug out my basement, and I have everything from shale to uh, I had a little bit of slate, but granite. I mean granite, and then just and then just regular stone. All 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 the different types is what I have, and my dad. It's passed down in my family because I don't know if it's because I'm Irish or whatever. We're stone guys. You know, yeah. my father knows how to lay stone and my brother lays stone. And me as a kid with them, I learned how to lay stone and learn from some old timers. I don't do it like really great. I do it like a field stone. I don't do it like that. I, I haven't got that perfected, perfect linear tilted back. I mean, it's like, like ah, like Machu Picchu. I don't have that. I don't have that down yet. You know what I'm saying? Now, so I, you, I like to lay still. You know? Do you mend like the those beautiful um, property kind of um, stone walls and such? Like, are you able to do things like that? My definition of a, of a stone wall is, yes, I can mend it, but I can't. I can't get it perfect like those. Some of those guys are really good where they can make that flat wall, that yeah. extremely tight, precise flat wall. Now, I got a bump here. I got a lump there. <laughs> That's going to stick up. My walls, my walls have character, but when the walls are done, people go like, "That's a nice wall." <laughs> exactly. I, there you go. You know, your wall has skin tags, but they look good. <laughs> you know, I, I I have stone envy um, with you guys. Like I love going north. My husband is from Boston. Yeah, yeah. So we travel up there quite a lot and through the countryside. And um, we have uh, his family has a house up in Maine. Yeah, and, well. So we travel through your great state and you know on up to maine to get there and i'm just always so enraptured by all of those you know field stone walls stretching oh yeah uh, oh yeah incredible yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean they date back hundreds of years too i mean it's just amazing yeah. to think these guys you know built those back in the day when there wasn't any great tools to use or anything they else i mean it was cut, just yeah. yeah they clear cut the land yeah and then they roll the stones over and that's their property line and it, and they go. Some of these walls just go. Yeah, forever. You know? um, well, the wall, the stone, I envy you guys for. And the second thing is your lobster. <laughs> lobster? Oh, lobster! Well, Absolutely. I, like, I like the lobster. Lobster with butter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hot lobster roll, cold <laughs> lobster roll, whatever. Right. You know, yeah. beer with lobster. Yeah. That's okay too. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, yeah, we, we. I love uh, Pennsylvania bluestone. And I know, yeah. you know, there's a lot of it up your way as well. And, you know, we have to pay an extra premium to get it delivered down south. So I'm envious that y'all can get it so inexpensively. But ultimately, yeah. yes, I love natural stone. Um, just, you know, just what Mother Nature gives you out of the ground is exceptional. Do you like do you like do you like working with granite? I do. Absolutely. Because you got Rhode Island granite, which is pink. It's yeah. got a pink pink color to it you know which is yeah. kind of cool yeah yeah we it, just it, did yeah go ahead no 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 i'm i'm all ears <laughs> we just finished now it's not granite but speaking of pink um we went with uh, a limestone curbing mm. on a historic home and it's the curbing up by the city sidewalk not the curb by the street and now granted up 
y'all's way, you have to really focus on granite because of salt and the trucks and everything else for winter. But up here or down here, we can have um, limestone curving. And it was just a gorgeous mix. The color with the yellow brick of the, the historic home um, was just glorious. And I love being able to use colored natural material like that. And when you can, can find it and it's, you know, it's a match made in heaven when, when it comes together. Mm. That is, that's cool. And so basically, <clears throat> all right. So on the outside, besides doing, we're not doing a pot, we're doing it outside. You're going to landscape with, with stone. Yeah. Now being, being the designer that you are, um, would you build, aha, would oh. you build, if you built the wall first, would you incorporate certain plants with that stone? Aha. Uh-huh. You hear what I'm saying? Like, does those plaid pants, <laughs> do those plaid pants go with that polka dotted shirt? I say not. <laughs> right? <laughs> Correct? I am in love with that question. And it's, <laughs> Thank you. I, you are on point. I, and the funny thing is when you were talking about stone and the north and my envy of your um, stone selection. I worked on a garden up in Connecticut years ago, near about that 97 time frame. And not only did we have to dynamite the slope to be able to fit this pool and pool house, but we had to wow. dynamite to get the pool out of the yeah. ground. And I mean, talk about some money. That I'm glad we don't have to deal with here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like quadrupled the price of any pool and pool house. But sure. um, in, in doing so, you know, we had, if you could see my hands, you know, we had this slope that we, you know, had dynamited out and then had the pool, you know, down below. And all of that beautiful stone that was revealed, we planted weeping trees at the very top and we used Japanese maples and, you know, with wow. very interesting foliage. And what people don't know is you know, we've all seen those weeping trees and especially mm-hmm. Japanese maples. Well, if it's planted 15 feet above in the air on this, you know, this edge of the cliff, basically, that tree will trail all the way down until it hits the ground below. Oh, beautiful. Wow. wow. And, you know, it kind of boggles the mind to think that the tree can grow below its root system, but it just yeah. is going. Right. Uh, huh. And so, yes, we took complete advantage of that exactly that kind of um scenario to mix and match plants with that stone and to to soften all that hardness you know because i look at it the same way i'm trying to landscape my place now because i have a front and i have a back where my my place is it's it's it has in its uh, this ledge but the stone so i've laid stone and the stone that's been laid there for 30 or 40 years ago I run into this all the time, but I'm thinking, all right, do I want ground cover? My sister laid ground cover, oh my God, 30 years ago, and now it's just like, it's almost invasive, but it's really beautiful. And it, and I don't want to move that because it took so long for it to grow. And then you have like that invasive green ivy that's down in the, in the back, and it's just starting to cover everything. And it's just like, all right, it looked great coming out. Now it's way too much. You know, I want to do... I get caught in between what's going to work really good here. Now, for you and I, I mean, we could talk about this all night. We don't have all day. But now you have to, when we deal with environment, I deal with a beautiful, a hot summer 
right? And then I have a very, very abrasive winter because the water's coming off the lake. So I can't plant it arborvitae right out front where I, would, where I could do some beautiful stonework because the winds are going to burn it. Yeah. The, the high winds will burn it. So I'd have to wrap it in burlap is what, what I would have to do, correct? Mm-hmm. To kind of yeah. stop that, yeah. you know? Because when you look at it, and I'm sure, I'm sure you look at this too. When you when you look at some, when you look at the landscaping of what the house is, it's like you have to be a detective, an investigator. Why is this so hardy, and how is this holding up so well in the in this hostile? Because in the winter, it's hostile environment, where you know if I plant this, is this going to take? Is it going to hold up? Not 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 even getting into the soil, the acidity, or the or the pH. Just the environment itself. There's a that's detective work, you know, as far as I'm concerned, right? And it's a process of elimination, especially you know, clients emailing you or calling you that you can't quite get to, you know, their site, and they're like, "Well, what's going on?" And you're trying to decipher what they're saying into truth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're not, you know, trained um, in that field in horticulture, so you know. I have to do a little digging and a little translation just to, you know, understand what they're trying to tell me. And then, yes, it's always interesting to, even though I might have been on that site and been on there a few months while we're installing, you know, some facet of the garden, things change. You know, trees are come down. They neglect to tell you, oh, the neighbors took all their trees down, you know, where your garden is now exposed to not only sun, but wind or um, salt spray, you know, all those things. So um, it really is, uh, you know, it's like you want to just dig in, but you can't. And sometimes you want to slap some people too, but. <laughs> well, that, that's a hard thing is because you have to, they, they go, I want this. And you go, well, you can't have that because it's not going to live. Oh, yeah. but I really, really want it. No, you can't put in four goldfish with a piranha. It's not going <laughs> to, but they're so pretty and they're gold. I want it. I want those goldfish. We get that all the time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, my piranha ate my goldfish, and it's your <laughs> yeah. fault. Right. But, you know, yeah. it's just like I'm telling you, it's not going to work. You yeah. Know? yeah. So. And just like, you know, there's so many things out there that are so bizarre to most people, but like cedar apple rust. Have you all heard of that? No. no. Um, you can't have down here, down south, you can't have a native cedar tree next to any kind of fruiting apple tree. It'll kill it. Huh. It'll yeah. kill it, right? And with the, with the... the disease is called cedar apple rust. And huh. your fruit, your tree will not produce or be productive at all. And so I've heard of that. I've heard yeah, of that. There's, there's yeah, so heard... many weird nuances in Mother Nature that, you know, it, it does require a lot of thinking and head scratching. You can see that I've scratched about all the hair <laughs> on my head. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So now. Uh oh. This one's this one's a little spiritual for you. Okay. <laughs> no, because I need because a spiritual. Well, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this question, and you answer it. You know, answer how you want to answer it. All right. So you have the knowledge, you have the passion. Once you have created the what you've wanted to create, what you've done, do you feel a certain energy now that's been incorporated? in the design that you have done that it mixes. See, I'm getting deep. I know this is crazy because, because this is how I feel. (laughs) I need a drink. When you have, 
when you have so many trees, it's like just for instance, I got to back up a second. The, the person just cut those trees down, which totally, I don't mean to get weird or nothing, but sometimes it changes the energy of that landscape. It does. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Do you, do you agree with what I'm saying? I, so when you, when you finish that, you, you've incorporated a new energy in that landscape. So yeah. do you feel that? I, I do. I do. And I think my clients do as well. You know, through the whole process, they understand where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to achieve. Keeping right. them first and foremost in mind of, you know, their needs and likes and dislikes. But right. um, yes, there's a flow. There's an energy. I'm, I am of the spiritual variety. Um, you yeah, know, I, I believe in that. I believe, especially in nature and living things that I'm bringing all of this life to you and in a, the most productive, efficient way. Right. And, yes. so, um, and being an artist or designer, and even with what you guys do, it's always about manipulation for views, right? Manipulation mm -hmm. for the feeling you get in that space, manipulation for how you move through that space and how you want, you know, your guests or whoever to move through that space and what they see and what they experience. So when, when I go in with my army, <laughs> I right. really talk about screening and I talk about those elements that we want to protect within that garden. And so, you know, I, we, I try to second guess, triple guess, quadruple guess, you know, things that could happen and how we maintain the integrity of the design and yeah. like you say, the flow and the energy there, because if it's true, once your neighbors decide inevitably they will. And where we live, and sometimes with you guys too, we get a nice hurricane that blows through. And guess what? There go all the neighbor's mm -hmm. trees, you know? So right, right. I take all of that into consideration. And, you know, I do believe in borrowed views. So, you know, if there's a site, you know, far off that's lovely, we want to, you know, frame that out and protect that view. You know, there, there's some of that going on as well. But um I'm full on with you. I'm so passionate about what I do and I want to ensure that the integrity of the garden, not just design, but the health and everything is maintained. So when I step off that property, it continues to thrive without me and continues yeah. to, you know, get back to the, the clients. Right. Yeah. Now you brought up a uh, term screening. Can you explain to us what that means? Screening unsightly views. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, as simple as that, but it's, it's people overlook it, you know, and again, like most of us and even myself, I was in, you know, the big box stores today looking for toilet paper, but <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go? Um, say, you know, I go in through the garden section. I'm like, Ooh, ah, and you, you're misled. And so, so many people want the instant pretty, they want the instant bloom, you know, and it's education. And I know for you guys, it's the same way. Like you have to educate your clients. And I right. tell them, this is a long-term investment, the screening that we apply. And, you know, I sometimes, you know, hedging is required. You know, we bury fencing in it so that you don't see fencing. And, um, you know, I do all manner of screening types, like, um, 
Um, one I call is a mixed tapestry screening where I put a lot of different conifers together in colors that you just have this beautiful mixed uh, tapestry effect. But nice. that's typically very slow growing. And so okay. you always want to think about that first because any view that you have that's unsightly then and there, you got to start thinking about how we're going to screen that out. And because typically screening grows slower and longer, you know, how old are you? How long are you going to invest in this garden or this home? You know, so get that going, get that growing. And then we can focus on the minutia. Right. Inside. Okay. That makes sense. Now we live up here in new England. We have a lot of, uh, deer as I'm sure you do down there as well. Um, and, uh, it's hell at my house all summer long with my wife um, it's because a you know, <laughs> it's, not a it's like a prison. All right. Oh, so she, she calls it. No, so, so we have a fenced in backyard right? and we have the deer fence that goes all the way through the woods and everything else to try to block them out. And I get the phone call or the text that says perimeter check. And that I know means, uh oh, somebody got in and ate some of the flowers. So we have to go around and try to find, you know, where they got in from. Um, so, what can people plant that has some sort of a flower to it that maybe the deer will not eat? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing, is there? <laughs> Honestly, there's not. And and yeah. I have seen that in all my years of practicing in that when they're hungry enough, they're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, it, it's just one of those things. But I'll say that they're they're not... What we do here, and I'll say the deer, they're not as harsh of an issue as, uh, down here as they are with you guys. Um, it yeah. seems just uh, out of they're, control. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're but, everywhere. Um, there's certain odors and certain um, plant smells um, released that they're repelled to. Oh. And so... Um, a lot of your, and it's not the case across the board, you can Google some of it, but a lot of your um, scented conifers, pines and uh, camisiparis and all of that, give off an odor that they're repelled. To. Okay. Interesting. And if you have certain things planted around the base and throughout the garden, they'll tend to stay away from the real um yummy plant in the middle if you if you will um so there's a lot of barriers you can kind of play with and mix with to keep deer at in check to some degree okay um but again if they're hungry enough it's the middle of summer you've had a long droughty uh season everything's up for game as you know yeah yeah no very true and i'll say what the weirdest thing i ever saw I couldn't figure out where the deer were coming in. You know, it could be something really small or, you know, maybe they could jump over it or whatever. So I ran after these, these two deer that were in my backyard. I'm in the woods and I'm watching them. And this damn thing dropped to the ground, laid on its side, used its hooves and slid out underneath the fence. Yeah. Survivors, I was man. like, I give up. How do I beat that? <laughs> I, had, than I know a guy who was hunting a deer and he shot the deer Yeah, and he trailed the deer all the way to a pond and he's like where did it go and he's looking and in between the reeds his nose was the only thing out of the water wow. breathing out of the pond wow isn't that something that crazy he was I, like he's waiting 
he thought it was like a turtle. And he's like, <laughs> that's the freaking deer. It was in the water, <laughs> underwater, just breathing with its nose out of the water. Oh, Crazy. my God. They are, they are survivors. Yeah. yeah they I are. know. I know hunters who told me, he goes, if you don't, it, you know, I don't hunt myself, but if you don't hit him in a vital organ, it, they'll, they'll survive. That they'll they'll keep going. They'll I've, be I've, fine. Hit a, I've hit a few in my car that kept going. Yeah, so yeah. Going. Well, you gotta hit them with a Buick. You gotta hit them with a Buick. <laughs> Something with some steel in it, mind you. That's right. right. That's right. Not that damn fiberglass stuff. No. <laughs> no. Brush that right off. I All right, Brian. You want to give uh, anybody like um, give 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 a new homeowner a garden one hundred and one. What do they? What should they be paying attention to for their very first garden? Well, we have two type of first-time homeowners. Either you're mm-hmm. buying a home that is pre-existing, mm-hmm. somebody else has sold you. Yep. I call that inherited. Um, okay. Or you're building a home, right? I mean, it's, yep. uh, unless you guys can fill me in on other avenues, but those are the two vital uh, avenues that I encounter. Yes. Um, and what I like to tell homeowners, and we'll talk about the new home build. How about that? Okay, that's uh, better, yep. And so many times they don't think about calling a person in like me to kind of navigate that building out phase. And not that there's a lot for me to do at that point, um, even though, and regardless, you know, I like to go in and I always tell people I do garden consultations. You don't have to have a full lengthy drawn out design, master design, you know, if you can't afford that or don't want to go that route. But I go in and consult folks when they're building a home and say, wait, you might want to rethink. And, you know, there's they're allotted so much for the driveway. They're allotted so much for paved surfaces and whatnot. So that's where I start to talk about design. And so many times, how many times have you seen a, a sidewalk lead off of the front porch and tie directly into the concrete driveway? Yes. Or always. Oh, and then you've yeah. got that interior bed space. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, there's a downspout coming off the house into that yeah. bed. Yeah, you're right. Nine times out of ten, or more like ten out of ten, there's no drainage accounted for whatsoever. So you end up with a pond and a pool. And I'm sure you guys have seen it where then that moisture starts to you know, seep in under the house or right. start to cause issues and breakdown. Yeah. Well, it's those simple moments that I say, whoa, let's not create a dam. Why, why are we putting a dam here? You know, like, let's rethink mm-hmm. the thing and put in um, conduit, just simple conduit, you know, two inch lines or whatnot. Do some PVC pipe before that concrete is laid so that one, you could get irrigation in there down the road or two, yep. get electrical for lighting down the road or three, be able to drain your dam you know, downspouts out of that bed and, you know, mm. away from the property. So right. you can see how vital. And so many times I roll up on the scene after the fact and they're like, well, what do I do about this? And I'm like, well, you got to take <laughs> your whole damn sidewalk out. Yeah. You know? What are you going to do otherwise? You know, so, um, you know, huge costs down the road where that could be prevented so easily and so simply um, during that initial phase of build out. Mm. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's see. You're uh, you have a twin brother. I do. 
which you're going on record now saying that you're better looking than him, even though he's your twin, right? No, it's a it, no, it's the damn truth. Is it? <laughs> so there you go. I like that. All right. I, I am married to a man. So yeah. we don't have children, not to say that the world, you know, I couldn't have children, but I, right. I'm just not the children type. But my brother has five kids. Five kids. Oh, my five, God. Five. <laughs> oh, five. So the total that it's taken on him <laughs> at this point, I can gladly and proudly yeah. say that, yes, I'm the better looking of the two. Brian, there you go. There you Brian, go. I can always tell right now, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> hands down. Not not even not even a question. <laughs> shouldn't even shouldn't even ask that question. But the two of you guys do work together, and you guys have a, a show on the Design Network called Backyard Staycation, right? Yes. And um, when is that on? Is it on a certain day of the week, or? Well, you can go. You can. I mean, well, one, you can go to YouTube and look it up anytime. But sure, uh, we. I don't know what the schedule is, honestly, and we're waiting on season two to come around. Um, nice. So that's exciting, but um, hopefully bigger budget and, you know, all the... Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, you can definitely go on YouTube or go to their website and check that out for sure. The Design Network. Yeah. Okay, nice. great. All right, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Any any horror stories you want to throw at us right before we, we say goodbye? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I always tell, you know, down here I call Miss Utility. Whenever we're going to enter a property and start demo... Yeah. And they mark all the, you know, lines, but there's a lot of private lines that they're not going to mark for you. So you, we have to work with our clients to figure out where they are. One time, my brother had this machine that like did this underneath of it. And he literally snagged the dog, that invisible fence line. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. yeah, About a 15 acre property in about five seconds. That. I guess it was a tiller, whatever it was, yeah, had yeah. pulled up every linear foot of that entire <laughs> invisible dog fence <laughs> into the equipment. And we spent the rest of the day having to cut and do, it's like gum in your hair, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. And then have so to put that, it all back. Oy vey. <laughs> wow. All right. That was a good one. I like that one. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was good. All right. Again, we want to thank Brian Ramsey from Brian, Thanks, Brian. Ramsey Design. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with us. It was a lot of fun. Guys, thank great. you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Good. And I think this is our longest show we've ever had. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You won, Brian. You won. Oh, wow. I don't know what you won, but you yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be waiting by the mailbox. There's nothing coming. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thanks again. We really appreciate it. All and right. everybody, please stay safe out there. Crazy times right now. And, yep. you know, yeah, Jimmy's got his gloves on and he's doing the Michael Jackson thing. Yep. And, you know, do what you got to do. But yeah, everybody buddy. stay safe. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, I'll see you next week. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, buddy. Bye. Yeah.